on this episode of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. They were looking for the right opportunity and the right fit and the right gathering of business partners that could create the style of resort that this is today. Las Vegas. It's more than just a city. It's a feeling. It's that feeling of excitement when you spot the lights of the strip out the airplane window. It's that feeling of awe as you stroll down the boulevard, taking in the sights and sounds. And it's that feeling of satisfaction knowing that you're in the greatest city in the world. Over 42 million people from around the world share that feeling every year. And I'm one of them. Taking you to the world-famous Vegas Strip and beyond, my name is Jeff. And this is the Jeff Does Vegas Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 90 of the Jeff Does Vegas Podcast. Before we get into this episode of the show, I want to thank my guest from the last episode, Vegas 411 Deputy Editor and Creator of the Vegas Unfiltered blog, Sam Novak. Sam and I had a great time talking about the inspiration behind Vegas Unfiltered, some of his more savage reviews, the future of the Vegas entertainment landscape, and much, much more. If you haven't listened as of yet, jump into the archives at jeffdoesvegas.com or head to wherever you get your podcasts and search out episode number 89, Vegas Unfiltered with Sam Novak. All right, here we go. On to the show. The former Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, located just off the Las Vegas Strip at the corner of Paradise Road and Harmon Avenue, opened in March of 1995 and operated for almost 25 years. After being purchased for $500 million back in 2018 by Sir Richard Branson's Virgin Hotels and a group of investment companies, the property closed on February 3, 2020 in preparation for a massive rebrand and renovation. Just over a year later, in March 2021, Virgin Hotels Las Vegas officially opened and became the brand's first venture into the Las Vegas market. The opening also marked the first tribal casino presence in the city as Mohegan Sun Gaming and Entertainment took over operations of the resort's new 60,000-square-foot casino. My guest for this episode of the podcast is Joe Hassan, the general manager of Mohegan Sun Casino at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. Joe and I talked about how he initially got into casino management and some of the past properties he's worked with, the partnership between Mohegan Sun, Virgin Hotels, and the other operators on site, the challenge of opening up during a global pandemic, and much more. Please enjoy my conversation with Joe Hassan. I'm a native of Atlantic City, New Jersey. I was born and raised there. I went to high school in Atlantic City. Uh, ultimately, went off to college and earned a degree in accounting. And I practiced as a certified public accountant in the Philadelphia area. But my hometown, and as I would describe it, there was sand in my shoes. Uh, I grew up on the beach in Atlantic City. My hometown was undergoing a transition at that point in time in my career, and that was casino gambling was legalized in Atlantic City. Uh, I joined Harrah's Atlantic City at that time. Back then, it was known as Harrah's Marina, and I joined in an accounting professional capacity. Eventually, I said years later to the general manager at the time, 
I'm happy to run the accounting scoreboard, but if you have an opportunity for me to play shortstop or pitch, I'd be happy to be on the field of play rather than simply running a great scoreboard. And the general manager did exactly what he should have done. He said, thanks for sharing. Didn't hear from him for a couple of months, but about 90 days later, he gave me a call, asked me to come to his office and said, if you were serious about an operating role, I need your help. And I'd be happy to have you step into the operating dimensions of the business. That's how I wandered from certified public accountant. I practiced professionally uh, with the public. Uh, I like to remind people that the middle word of certified public accountant is public. That translates into the hospitality business as well. And uh, I operated uh, for a number of years as an accounting professional and an accounting manager uh, inside the casino industry. And then I stepped into operations when the time was right. It's uh, it's always a little bit scary getting that call into the general manager's office, isn't it? You, you never know if is you kind of want to say, is this a good thing or should I be bringing a cardboard box with me? It sure is. And, uh, and I remember that day like it was yesterday. Um, the, the question that he asked me at that time was pretty frightening. It was something to this effect. It was, you do an awful lot of the planning, scorekeeping, strategizing, and dissection of the hotel. And he said to me, can you run the hotel? And what I told him was happy to be considered, elated to be considered. What I don't know about running a good hotel today, I will know in short order. Give me a, give me a chance to do it. And, uh, and I'm pretty confident that I can uh, do a good job for you and on behalf of that resort. And that's how it started. And so from Atlantic City, what was the road like to get to Las Vegas? And you've worked with a few different casino and gaming companies uh, in Las Vegas, correct? Uh, that's correct. Uh, so if I back up uh, again to my Atlantic City days, um, that was with Harris organization. Today, Harris is uh, Caesars Entertainment. It's been through any number of iterations and ownership gyrations, but um, that was a company that was nationwide uh, in short order after I joined them. They operated it back then in Las Vegas, in Lake Tahoe, in Reno, Nevada, in Laughlin, Nevada, uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey, and then soon came the just explosive growth of riverboats everywhere that a boat could float somewhere in the Midwest. Uh, not just Harris, but uh, all the large-scale gaming companies and many small gaming companies as well found their ways to both the Mississippi River, the Missouri River, and other bodies of water up and down uh, the Midwest of the of the country. That gave me my first general manager opportunity. I used to manage uh, in Tunica, Mississippi, um, a couple of riverboats that we operated there. Eventually, that road of uh, riverboat management led me to Nevada, where my first opportunity in Nevada was managing Harris Laughlin, Nevada, about 90 miles south of Las Vegas. I was just going to say, when you think of riverboats, you don't normally think of Nevada, but instantly into my brain, I thought Laughlin. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. And, and Laughlin was not a riverboat. Uh, it sat on the Colorado River. 
But nonetheless, that was a, at the time a 1,500-plus hotel room resort, um, full array of restaurants, showroom, casino, um, resort-style uh, pools, opportunity to rent a jet ski and find your way into the Colorado River. Um, again, all of that was um, my first opportunity at a large full-scale resort. And uh, the riverboats up until that time um, uh, were smaller in scale because they needed to be contained on a vessel of some sort, regardless of whether that vessel had to cruise or move through water or whether it could stay permanently moored or docked. My first, I'll call it land-based opportunity as a, as a general manager at a large-scale full-service resort was Laughlin, Nevada. And tell me about some of the properties you worked with in, in Las Vegas prior to uh, your time here with Mohegan Sun and Virgin Hotels. Previously in the Las Vegas area, I've managed casinos in Las Vegas, in Henderson, Nevada, in North Las Vegas. Um, backing up a number of years ago, I managed Green Valley Ranch. That's in Henderson, Nevada. Uh, I managed what then was known as Aliante Station. Today it is Aliante owned by Boyd Gaming. Um, I also managed Sunset Station in Henderson, Nevada. Um, number of years went by where I left the Las Vegas area. I actually found my way into California and Native American gaming in Northern California. When I returned to Las Vegas, I was with... Uh, uh, station casinos and Red Rock resorts. And my responsibilities spanned the entire company at that time. And so then how did you get connected with um, Mohegan Gaming and Entertainment? Was that through the work that you had done with the other Native American casinos in California? No, it's a, it's a much more, um, it's, it's a much more, uh, I'll call it straight line as to how I ultimately connected with Mohegan Gaming and Entertainment. Uh, the straight line is something like this. I retired. And <laughs> upon retiring, um, I did every project in my home that I had the skill to do. And I would go to the gym seven days a week. And the sum total of home projects and gym time would occupy a grand total of four or five hours per day. The question became, what would I do with the other 10 or so hours of awake time during a day? And I got a phone call from a long-term colleague who worked uh, at Mohegan Gaming and Entertainment. Uh, he was based in Connecticut. What he asked me to do was to consider a number of candidates that Mohegan had for a newly emerging opportunity that was going to take place in Las Vegas that would ultimately become Mohegan Sun Casino Las Vegas. And uh, having met with that colleague and talked about any number of candidates that could do a terrific job for this uh, newly envisioned business, the question came up as to whether or not I would consider doing it. Uh, given that I was living in Las Vegas, I was familiar, of course, with the marketplace. Uh, I was familiar with many, many of the people that lived and worked in Las Vegas, which would give me uh, just a little bit of a leg up in terms of finding good people, recruiting good people, bringing a team together. And uh, that 
cup of coffee, I'll call it. There was a, it was a meeting over a cup of coffee, ultimately led to, Joe, please consider coming to work with us as part of the Mohegan team as we lead our brand from its headquarters location in Connecticut and we expand and plant our brand flag in Nevada, more specifically in the Las Vegas Resort Corridor here, uh, of course, on uh, Paradise Road in Las Vegas. And that, that's what that was born of. So uh, given that I had finished every home project that I could think of, and I do miss going to the gym seven days a week. I don't get there that frequently any longer. But um, I, I came to work for Mohegan in an, in an effort to sincerely carry their brand, their culture, their style, and the opportunity that was ahead of them to this resort. I want to talk a little bit about the the brand itself of Mohegan Gaming and Entertainment. It, it may not be a brand that uh, Vegas visitors, particularly international visitors like myself who haven't been able to visit the city for the last 18 plus months, uh, may be familiar with it's a, a new brand. It's a, a new property. It's a new company. Can you share a little bit of the, the history about Mohegan? Sure can. Uh, it's a company whose gaming history is now 25 years in the making. Uh, they've just crossed over their 25th anniversary of opening Again, what I refer to as their flagship location, uh, Uncasville, Connecticut, that is Mohegan Sun, Connecticut. And culturally and business style-wise, the tribe that owns the, the, the business, the assets, the culture, they, they turn to an age-old guiding principle that is known as the spirit of a quay. Um, and, and the spirit of a quay is easy for someone who is a veteran of the hospitality business. It doesn't need to be casino hospitality. It can be the elements of hospitality that include lodging, dining, entertaining. It, it, it is a perfect fit. And it has cornerstones that are familiar to any and all who are in the hospitality business. And that is, of course, to welcome guests. If you think about the history of the Mohegan tribe, there was a point in time where they had a tough choice to make, and that was, would there always be conflict with those that they were newly introduced to in their, in their homeland, or would there be cooperation with those who they were newly introduced to in their homeland? And they, they chose cooperation as a, I'm going to describe it as a strategy, and it was a strategy meant to thrive and survive as they came further to be uh, introduced to others that were new to their home. And, uh, and it became the cornerstone of how they do business. So welcoming spirit, a cooperative attitude with others, um, an outreach of sorts that starts with that mutual benefit of cooperation and, and participation. So um, that guides them even today uh, hundreds of years later in their commercial pursuits. And, and it has served them well as uh, a cornerstone of their business. And so why was Virgin Hotels Las Vegas the right place then for Mohegan to make their entry into the Las Vegas market? I mean, it's this 
this really interesting time in Las Vegas right now with a lot of flux and a lot of change and reinvestment and different companies coming into different properties. Why was Virgin Hotels Las Vegas the right place for this? Long ago, and I'm describing this from several years ago, uh, Mohegan and the principals that ultimately would become uh, the owners and operators of Virgin Hotels, and I'm referring to JC Hospitality, which is the landowner and uh, to some degree the operator of the lodging side of the business. They were familiar with one another from having explored a number of opportunities, and those opportunities, uh, some of which were Las Vegas-based, they were looking for the right opportunity and the right fit and the right gathering of business partners that could create the style of resort that this is today. This is a resort that includes a name brand from primarily from the East Coast called Mohegan uh, Sun Casino and Virgin Hotels, which was certainly a recognizable brand name and uh, new to the Las Vegas market. Add to that AEG Presents for Entertainment, operating the showroom here. Add to that a number of uh, both tried and true as well as independent restaurateurs that could bring their style of food and beverage to this resort. And when you put it all together, those principals said, we're going to have an integrated resort, unlike what is otherwise familiar in Las Vegas. It's something different, it's something unique, and it is a great assembly of those business partners all under one roof, acting seamlessly to take great care of guests. That, that's how that all came together. And, and you mentioned with all of these different operators on site, as you say yourselves, and Mohegan and JC Hospitality and AEG and all the, the various restaurants, all coming together under the, the Virgin brand, the umbrella, there's got to be some challenges associated with that. What are some of the biggest challenges a, as a part of that operation? When I think about where are the challenges, where are the opportunities, um, just like any newly crafted business, um, even if it is all owned by a single owner, communication, cooperation, and the ability to interact with one another is really ultimately the, the, the key elements that define success versus we're not there yet. The nice thing here about this resort is that so many of the people and when I say the people, I mean the, the people at the front line, the people doing frontline duties, whether it be dealers, cocktail servers, uh, slot uh, professionals, whether it be mechanics, whether it be engineers, whether it be uh, hotel staff, front desk, front services, housekeeping, many, 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 many of those great team members are veterans of this resort. They are simply veterans of what it was in a prior life. Uh, remember, we've operated at this street corner now for 25 years. Uh, uh, it's coincidental that Mohegan is a 25-year-old company. This particular street corner, the intersection of Paradise and Harmon, has been here for 25 years now. So many of my team members, the people that I work with so closely every day, are veterans of 
this particular resort location. In fact, when I measure what do I mean by veterans, the average team member that works on the Mohegan Sun Casino Las Vegas team, again, cocktail servers, bartenders, uh, slot technicians, dealers, the average person has 13 plus years of experience at this location. That makes for cooperation. It makes for familiarity. It lends to choreography. They know their colleagues as well in the hotel. They know their colleagues in the restaurants. They know their colleagues in the showrooms. And when you take that, it spells nothing but advantage and to a large degree, seamless operations because the people are familiar with one another and they've worked together before. And that's got to be a huge source of comfort and a big win for guests who are coming back uh, to the property as well. I mean, as you say, this is a property that's been around for 25 years. It's now rebranded as something new. It's got to be very comforting for those repeat visitors who are coming back and seeing many of the same faces in the property when there could have been a, a real risk for a lot of issues, people coming back and seeing a totally different group of people. Certainly as guests return and the, the, the database of, um, of, of guest history here is very rich and very deep and long lived. Guests come back and of course they remember what was the hard rock Las Vegas. Um, and they remember the good times, but at the same time, they feel the familiarity of the people. The overall footprint of the resort is substantially the same. It's been reimagined, reinvented, and refreshed on the inside. Names of restaurants and bars may be different, but there is still Great respect for the past. Nobu has been here for as long as I can remember um, when I was a guest in the resort's former life. Nobu continues to operate here today. Uh, we have some other great names in terms of restaurants. Olives, uh, Todd English's Olives that operated on the Las Vegas Strip for so many years is here today. Uh, one Steakhouse was formerly MB Steaks. Um, the name has changed. The people are the same. Uh, the owners are the same. So there is fabulous familiarity when a guest walks into this business for the first time, but they recall their last time. And uh, again, the concept of a completely refreshed hotel, completely refreshed restaurants, a casino that has been, um, I like to describe it as both something old and something new. Of course, we have all the new themes that come with any of the slot machines that are the best and the brightest today. But of course, we held on to the greatest games that any casino has ever known in the Las Vegas marketplace. Those that have been around literally for decades because those machines are the ones that guests long for and are attracted to. We have that wonderful blend of both. Uh, so again, a completely refreshed resort that has the common thread of familiarity for those who have been here before. 
I want to talk just a, a, a little bit about COVID-19 and the pandemic, not a ton, because I know uh, much like you, I'm sick and tired of it as, as is everybody else in the world, I'm sure, but more so about the challenges of trying to plan for an opening during COVID-19. I mean, the plans got in motion for the changeover to Virgin Hotels Las Vegas prior to everything going completely sideways. But what were some of the big challenges you guys faced once you were, things were in motion, things were moving, and you were facing closures and restrictions and, and everything like that? What, what were some of those big challenges? Well, certainly it was um, uh, different and certainly it was challenging. And if you think about the timeline at which this resort opened its doors yet again, we opened on March 25 of 2021. That was still during a time frame in Clark County, Nevada, in Las Vegas and Nevada wide for that matter, statewide, where there were uh, restrictions in terms of how many guests could enter an enclosed facility, uh, in, inclusive of facilities like uh, uh, wonderful casino resorts here in Las Vegas. So we were constrained capacity-wise by those appropriate for the time restrictions. Uh, guests also needed to be masked um, and social distancing uh, precautions needed to be enforced. The challenge of all that began long before we opened the doors to the guests. Our staff, as they prepped, prepared, and built the reimagined, reinvented uh, resort, had to adhere to those same restrictions. Uh, limits on the number of people that could be in any particular part of the resort, uh, masks in place, social distancing restrictions respected and adhered to. So it added all the complexity of how do you build it, refresh it, and reinvent it? And then how do you plan to open and operate it while those kinds of, um, of, of challenges and logistical question marks are in place? Um, when it all came together at the end of the day, we had a bit of an advantage in that we could watch the best practices of other casino resorts in Las Vegas before we opened our doors. So we had that uh, opportunity to watch, to learn, to examine practices and to extract best available practices and incorporate them into our business. When we opened, for example, every slot machine that was arrayed in any linear fashion was separated by plexiglass or an equivalent product from an adjacent slot machine. We took that across the entire casino floor. Table games, uh, we did it on dice tables. Uh, we were not obligated safety-wise to do it on other tables because we had restricted the number of seats at, for example, a blackjack table or a roulette table. Uh, but again, we took those best practices available, having observed the market while we were dark, um, and we quickly pulled together those procedures, those practices, and those best ideas and launched with them in place here. It's almost a making lemonade out of lemons situation with you guys in that, as you say, you were able to watch all the other operators in the city open up, see what they were doing right, maybe what they were doing wrong, and adjust it for 
your needs when you guys were finally able to open up? Well, I, I agree that everyone had their own struggles, but there, there, there was the commonality of purpose, which was the lifeblood of Las Vegas is the commerce of resorts, hotels, restaurants, casinos, and the opportunity to safely open them back up after a period of darkness was taken advantage of appropriately by all of those veteran operators. Um, and we counted ourselves amongst the same. Um, we had the know-how, the capability, the wherewithal, the resources with which to act. And we had the added advantage of wild dark watching those other resorts and uh, casino hotels. So I guess the next question that I want to ask then is there are casinos and gaming establishments everywhere all over Las Vegas, whether it's downtown, on the strip, off strip, elsewhere. What is it that sets Mohegan Sun Casino apart from all of those other gaming facilities? Um, I mentioned uh, in our explanations and descriptions earlier that this is an integrated resort of some pretty powerful operators. When, when you consider that Mohegan was bringing its brand and its powerful database, its legacy guests, those who are from, whether it be the East Coast in Connecticut or Pennsylvania or New Jersey, uh, whether it be our colleagues who operate uh, another Native American casino in the state of Washington, the richness of the databases of those businesses are such that we have terrific outreach to um, all of those legacy guests. In addition, we had the legacy guest database that was formerly the Hard Rock. Um, and those guests that found this was the right place for them over the previous 20 plus years. So when I think today, what is it about this particular resort that is attract attractive? Um, what is it that makes it a destination uh, desired and targeted by guests? What is it that makes it magnetic or different? It is the sum total of those brands. Virgin Hotels and their unique approach to comfortable, appealing, attractive, and desired hotel lodging. When I think about restaurateurs like Nobu, like the Morton Brothers at, at uh, One Steakhouse, formerly MB Steaks, when I think about uh, Todd English and Olives, when I think about Night and Market uh, terrific Thai cuisine. When I think about those kinds of elements, Money Baby, uh, sports book style, uh, pub, nightlife, and the uniqueness that that brings to the resort. Add to that AEG Presents for Entertainment and what I'll describe as the iconic showroom formerly known as The Joint. Uh, today it is known as The Theater at Virgin Hotels. Add that all together, and this is a very powerful combination of brands integrated in a way that makes it attractive to those seeking an experience that either harkens back to the past or if someone is uh, visiting for the first time. There is something for everyone that is 
what makes this resort as unique as it is. I also like to remind guests that from Mohegan's perspective, we know as a company that for guests who are East Coast centric, we know they find their way to Las Vegas. Up until now, there was no Mohegan brand for them to call their own when they found their way to Las Vegas. Now their rewards earned, whether it be again in Connecticut or Pennsylvania or New Jersey or elsewhere in the Mohegan brand, their rewards are transferable and transportable here to Las Vegas and vice versa. When they earn here, they can transfer that earned value back to their more local casinos on the East Coast. All of that creates a powerful marketing message all under the umbrella of what is Mohegan's loyalty campaign known as Momentum, uh, a very powerful tool in terms of guest loyalty and guest satisfaction. So then I guess the next question is, what's in the future for Mohegan Sun Casino? Do you have big plans for expansions or additions for the facility? We have a couple of things coming and we're right on the cusp of them. Uh, we've been open now for about six months. Uh, we illuminated our sports book on day one. The lights were on, the video displays were on, but we weren't capable of taking a live bet at the sports book. We're partnering with a company called Betfred. Um, uh, Betfred is um, pursuing licensing in the state of Nevada. We're hoping that they're very close to uh, bringing that to fruition. And when they do, we'll turn on live sports betting inside the casino. Above and beyond that, we've also added on the top floor of the Ruby Tower of Virgin Hotels, a private salon where we can deal uh, blackjack, baccarat, uh, as well as craps and roulette. And we are now ready to turn that on as well. So we continue to roll out attractive amenities and niceties inside the resort um, that are keeping it fresh and forward looking uh, as part of this reinvention of the street corner known as Paradise and Harmony. I have this sneaky suspicion that with my um, gambling history, I'm never going to see the inside of that private salon. <laughs> well, we could uh, we could probably give you a tour of it. We would not be able to take your action uh, under the under the current gaming regulations in Nevada, you would have to bring a pretty substantial bankroll um, in order to uh, in order to bet in that room. But I'd be happy to show it to you. Well, Joe, uh, thank you for taking the time to jump on and chat with me here today. I uh, really do appreciate it and look forward to checking out Mohegan Sun Casino and Virgin Hotels Las Vegas on my next trip to Vegas. It's my pleasure. It's good to talk to you today. <laughs> If you want to know more about Mohegan Sun Casino at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas, follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Mohegan Sun Las Vegas, on Twitter at Mohegan Sun Vegas, or visit MohegansunLasVegas.com. While you're there, you can make your booking to stay and play at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas and Mohegan Sun Casino. Of course, you can also find all these links in the show notes at JeffDoesVegas.com. wraps up another episode of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. 
If you've got feedback on this episode of the show, or any other episode for that matter, or you've got suggestions and ideas for topics you'd like me to cover on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to me via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Jeff Does Vegas, or drop me an email directly at Jeff at JeffDoesVegas.com. In the meantime, thank you so much for checking out the show. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know the moment new episodes are available. And don't forget to visit JeffDoesVegas.com for past episodes and show notes. The Jeff Does Vegas podcast is a Walker New Media production.